بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول کریم امباد الحمد للہ جنائی از دا فورٹینتھ آف فیبروری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ the 57th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu and the last thing I mentioned was the report in which there was the famous dialogue between the tyrant Hajjaj ibn Yusuf and Sa'id ibn Jubair rahmatullahi so The report is recorded in Abu Nu'im al-Hilya, Hafiz Zahabi in his seer and many other references. And I mentioned the conversation thus far. So by way of summary, Hajjaj was trying to belittle Sa'id. And Sa'id was giving a suitable re- uh, reply to Hajjaj's taunts. And he got the better of Hajjaj. But then as he gave orders for him to be killed, Sa'id, rahmatullahi, he started to laugh. So when Hajjaj called him back, he goes, why are you laughing? Sa'id, rahmatullahi, he said, your boldness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his clemency towards you, meaning you're going to commit a major, major crime, a sin, and yet Allah ta'ala is showing clemency, I not intervening. And then I mentioned that Hajjaj said to those present, I am killing a person who has caused dissension amongst Muslims. Now kill him in front of me. So Sa'id, he said, let me perform my salat of two rakats. So he was given permission. After he finished his final salah, he faced the Qibla and he recited, In Surah Al-An'am, Surah 6, verse 79. Audhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Al-Rajim. Inni wajjahdu wajhiya lilladhi fatarah samawati wal arda hanifa wa ma ana minal mushrikeen. Verily, I have set my face firmly and truly towards him who created the heavens and the earth as a hanif. And never shall I give partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So stop in the report. So why is Sa'id ibn Jubair rahmatullahi offering a two rakat prayer? This was the sunnah which the companions established. There was a companion just before he passed away, he offered a two rakat prayer. His name was Khubeb radiyallahu. And this was in the lifetime of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi And then it was established. So if we know we're going to be killed, there's a two rakat sunnah prayer. So he offered that prayer. And then he recited this verse. So why did he recite this verse? And he faced the Qibla. And he recited the verse where Ibrahim والسلام, he said, I have set my face firmly, truly towards him who created the heavens and the earth as a hanif. And never shall I give partners to Allah. So this was a kind of a rebuttal to Hajjaj saying that you're going to kill a person who's on Tawheed. So Hajjaj, he responded, Turn him from our Qibla and let him face the Qibla of the Christians 
who also cause dissension and dispute amongst their community. Astaghfirullah. <coughs> so Hajjaj is still trying to get the better of it. He goes, this is not your Qibla. He goes, you're a dissenter. He goes, face eye towards the Christians because you've caused dissension. Mm-hmm. His face was thereupon turned to the other direction. Mm-hmm. Sa'id, rahmatullah, he thereupon recited in Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 115. And whichever way you turn, there is the face of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> so Hajjaj, when he's told him to turn towards the Qibla of the Christians, Sa'id's ready. And he recites the verse where Allah Ta'ala mentions, wherever you turn, you find my face. So Hajjaj then in anger said, make him lie down on his face. He was then forced to lie down upon his stomach. Sa'id thereupon recited Surah Taha, Surah 20 verse 55. From it did we create you, and to it we will return you, and from it we will bring you out once again. So Hajjaj made him face the earth, thinking he can't face any direction now. And Sa'id recited the famous passage where we are informed that from the earth we created you, and to the earth you will be returned, and from it you will be brought again. Hajjaj thereupon ordered, execute. Sa'id thereupon said, Rahmatullah I call you all to witness what I now recite. Ashru Allah ilaha illallah wa ashru anna Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was then beheaded. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. After the execution, the blood was flowing copiously from Sa'id's body and Hajjaj marveled at this. He inquired the reason from the physicians. He goes, why is his blood flowing all over? Mm. They responded, his tranquility and composure at the time of his death was such. It had kept his blood in its original form. Mm. Generally, people who are to be executed are so much afraid of death that their blood curdles and hence does not flow profusely. And Hajjaj was lost in his thoughts. So this was the narrative with Shaheed ibn Jubair. And note, his death was also a sign that he was ready. He was at peace. He's realized he's done nothing wrong. And the fact that his blood flowed everywhere shows he was at complete peace. And Hajjaj, obviously this was a kind of a sign to him of the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what happened thereafter? The tyrant also passed away a few short weeks later due to the supplication against him by Sa'id ibn Jubair that he be the last person, this ruthless tyrant martyrs. So he made a dua, Sa'id ibn Jubair. He goes, Oh my Lord, don't let this tyrant take anybody else. Allah answered it. So as soon as he killed Sa'id, he started suffering. So what was his illness? He had a severe stomach ailment. So what was that? Who knows? God knows in it. But it caused him severe pain. And he couldn't go to sleep. 
So the pain was so intense that he was trying everything. He literally couldn't even close his eyes. But when he managed to finally fall into a shallow sleep, <coughs> Saeed ibn Jubair would twist his toe and say, Why did you kill me? Get up, you tyrant. Upon which the tyrant would awaken in agony and say, What have I got to do with Saeed? What have I got to do with Saeed? <laughs> so this is very interesting. So this is again authentically reported in Abu Na'im al-Hilya. So Saeed's been martyred. So how is he now twisting the toe of Hajjaj? So the tyrants, obviously, he's not going to suffer. But the martyrs are given a great honor by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, do not even think that they are dead. <laughs> so obviously, he's now taking his vengeance on Hajjaj. And as he's going into those like, shallow sleep, despite the intensity of the pain, Saeed's twisting his toe. <laughs> so now, why is that interesting in terms of theology? Because that's the barzakh. The barzakh is separated from us. However, there can be moments or instances where there's a mixture between the living and the barzakh. <laughs> So Saeed was saying, get up, or tyrant, why did you kill me? Those inevitably, due to the severe pain and lack of sleep, this unfortunate eventually asked one of the pious to supplicate for his death. So what happened? He was asking people for cure first to the physicians. He goes, we don't know what the illness is. He goes, there's something within your system that we don't know what's causing it, but it's, it's wasting your body. So first he was trying to get a cure, no cure. He was then going through so much pain that he asked one of the pious, he goes, I want you to make a dua. Mm. So the pious, he said, what dua do you want me to make? He goes, make dua that Allah Ta'ala takes my life. Mm. Those, he passed away shortly thereafter, good riddance. Mm. So Hajjaj was taken. Now what's interesting about his death, when he was on his, on his last few days, he got all of the righteous scholars and he asked them a very interesting question. So one by one they were entering where he lay and he said to each of the scholars, he goes, do you think Allah Ta'ala will forgive me? So the scholar who entered, he remained silent. Meaning, the crimes that you've committed, he goes, you know, how can we say that Allah Ta'ala is going to forgive you? So he told the sheikh to leave. And one by one, they, they were entering and none of them said it to him, to give them credit. They could have said it to save their lives, but they still didn't say anything to him. Then finally, one report says it was Hassan al-Basri. Another report mentions another scholar. When the last sheikh entered, and he also remained silent, Hajjaj then said some very interesting words. He goes, Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have all given up hope on me but I haven't given up hope on you and then shortly thereafter he passed away the report mentions that this troubled Hassan al-Basri Hassan al-Basri says even upon his death he's confused because he said something so amazing because I think Allah Ta'ala may forgive him but whatever the case Khudaf is but what was the root cause of his coming into the world? And what's interesting is, if you have to go back, and it was to do with the people of Kufa, what happened was, 
They came and they caused Umar radiyallahu a problem in his salat. They brought a problem to him. So he's offering his salat, Hazrat Umar radiyallahu and he gets confused. So after the salat, he goes, Oh my Lord, they have sent somebody to confuse me. He goes, give them somebody who would confuse them. And the scholars have mentioned that this dua was answered for Hajjaj. Hajjaj was sent to Kufa. What was Umar's dua? He's going to confuse people. And what's interesting is he does have many good deeds to his credit. But obviously nothing compared to his sins. He did jihad. He fought against the unbelievers. He um, served the glorious Quran. He was a Qadi. He used to do sermons that would move people to tears. And he did a lot of good things. But of course his evil greatly eclipses that. And what's interesting is even Hajjaj, there were sparks of goodness within so for instance, he was made the governor of Medina first, like I mentioned. And when he was in Masjid al-Nabi, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Saeed ibn al-Musayyib saw him praying Salah. And Saeed ibn al-Musayyib didn't know who he was. He just thought, who is this person? What sort of a Salat is this? So he got some pebbles and he threw it at Hajjaj. And Hajjaj is in Salat. So the people, they looked at each other, they go, he's going to kill him. Was he just throwing pebbles at the Amir for? So after the Salat finishes, Hajjaj just looks, doesn't say anything. So the people said, he's never going to forget. So what happened? Some time passed, Sayyid ibn al-Musayyib, few years, and Hajjaj became the governor of Kufa and Iraq. But he was back in Al-Madina. I don't know what he was doing there. Then he called for Sayyid. So the people thought, oh my God, this is it. He goes, he never forgets, he's going to kill him. So when Saeed ibn al-Musayyib came, rahmatullahi, Hajjaj then got up and he embraced him. And he says, thank you, Sheikh. Ever since you told me how to pray, I've taken that into, and put it into my life. Because may Allah give you a long life. And the people looked at each other. They goes, what the... <laughs> So, look how strange. So, when it came to certain matters, he didn't have a problem. But when it came to the politics, he was ruthless. Because he was a complete devoted servant to the Umayyad authorities. And there's another very humorous report <laughs> worth mentioning. There was a person and he was blind. So, Hajjaj bin Yusuf walks over to him and he hears him making a dua. He goes, Oh my Lord, please give me my sight back. So Hajjaj then says to him, he goes, how long have you been making this dua? <laughs> oh, Sheikh. So the elderly man, he goes, I've been making this dua for many, many years, decades. So the, then Hajjaj said to the blind man, do you know who I am? He goes, I have no idea. He goes, I'm Hajjaj bin Yusuf. <laughs> so the blind man thought, for Allah. And then Hajjaj says, if you don't get your sight back by tomorrow, I'm going to take your head off. <laughs> So then the poor man is thinking, oh my God, right? He's asking the shuyukh, he goes, look, he goes, what can we do? So then he starts making noise, he goes, yeah, Allah, please, please, <laughs> give me my side back. And he's crying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And subhanallah, Allah ta'ala gives him his side back. So the next day he can't wait to see Hajjaj, he's thinking, I've got him. So he actually goes to Hajjaj and he goes, Amir, do you recognize me? So Hajjaj goes, 
you look like that blind man I saw the other day. He goes, yes, but I've got my side back. So Hajjaj then looked at him. He goes, why are you so happy? And he goes, my side's come back. And you said, you're going to kill me if I didn't get my side back. So Hajjaj, he said, he goes, shame on you. Did it take a creation to threaten you to make a proper dua to the creator? Get out of my sight. And you left. So he was teaching him Tawheed. He goes, I know how he's not making a proper dua. Let me threaten him with death. Then he'll start making proper dua. Then there's another report. Again, so many reports about Hajjaj. Fascinating. Once he got the scholars together, and he goes, who is the greatest scholar amongst you? So they obviously start passing the book. And eventually a man comes forward. He goes, you need to answer me this question. If you don't answer me this question within this time, I'm going to kill you. So the sheikh goes, what's the question? Because what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> so the sheikh, he, so he goes and asks the other scholars, he goes, look, do you know any anything about this? He goes, we don't know anything. Chicken or the egg, right? Because what do we know? Because he's asking, he's thinking, oh my. God, and he's crying at night, Ya Allah, what is the answer to this? But then Allah put into his heart the answer. So he comes the next day, he goes, I've got, I've got the answer, O Hajjaj, O Amir. What's the answer? He goes, the egg came first, then the chicken. He goes, where's your proof? So the Shaykh goes, Allah He created death and life. Allah created death first. And the egg is dead. The chicken is alive. A judge goes, you be my advisor now. Right? So he brought that person close. And the sheikh obviously didn't want to be close, but he wanted people of that inside to be to be with him. So this was Hajjaj. And then another time, he's traveling on a journey. And he sees a man. And this man is cursing Hajjaj. He doesn't realize Hajjaj is on the camel. He goes, God damn Hajjaj, he's brought nothing but misery, he's killed companions, he's done this and that. So Hajjaj pull, <coughs> pull, pulls next to him and he says, uh, do you know who I am? He goes, I have no idea. He goes, I'm the one you're cursing. So the man, he was very clever. He twisted, he said, do you know who I am? Hajjaj goes, no. He goes, I'm the madman from the village. So Hajjaj then smiled. Because all right, he left him. Right? So this is how the people get around him. In other words, he was very strange. But the interesting thing about his position as an Amir, he sorted the authority out. So even though he went overboard, there was no uprisings. People were like basically subdued. The Rawafid was subdued. The Khawadij was subdued. And this is why he was put in places by the Umayyads to stop this. So anyway... He passed away. So let's mention something about Sa'id ibn Jubair, rahmatullahi. In Abu Nu'im al-Hiyya, volume 4, page 272, it mentions, he would weep frequently during Salat at night, and this caused his vision to weaken. So you'd expect this. Obviously, he was a tabi'in. He was a student of Abdullah ibn Abbas, and he would weep so much in tahajjit because he affected his eyes. Qatada Rahmatullah said, amongst the Tabi'een, four were the greatest scholars. Atah, Sa'id ibn Jubair, Iqrimah, and Hassan al-Basri. 
Rahim Allah. Recorded by Hafiz ibn Hajar in his Tahzeeb or Tahzeeb, volume 7, page 266. So Qatada himself was from the Salaf. Because these were the greatest ulama amongst the Tabi'in. Atah, who was the Mufti of uh, Makkah, Sayyid ibn Jubair, who we mentioned, Ikrimah, another student of Ibn Abbas, and Hassan al-Basri, who we mentioned, the student of Anas, Hafiz ibn Rajab, Rahmatullah, he clarified in his work, Warathatul Anbiya Sharh Hadith Abi Darda, the inheritors of the Prophets, the explanation of the Hadith of Abu Darda, page 64 of the New English Translation. Whoever has killed a scholar has killed the successor of a prophet. He is thus like a person striving to cause mischief on earth. For this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed the killing of prophets and the scholars who enjoined the good together. And then he recited the verse in Surah Ali Imran, Surah 3, verse 21 of the Billahi Ibn إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَكْفُرُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَيَقْتُلُونَ النَّبِيِّينَ بِغَيْرِ حَقٍّ وَيَقْتُلُونَ الَّذِينَ يَعْمُرُونَ بِالْقِسْطِ يَعْمُرُونَ بِالْقِسْطِ مِنَ النَّاسِ فَبَشِّرُهُمْ بِعَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ Those who disbelieve in the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and kill the prophets, alayhi salatu waslam, without right and Kill those who order justice amongst mankind. Give them glad tidings of a painful punishment. So let's look at this. So Hafiz ibn Najib al-Hambali, he was a famous Hambali sheikh. He wrote a commentary on the hadith of Abu Darda. And what did he say? Whoever kills a scholar, he's killed the Khalif of Rasulullah. Or the successor of a prophet. And he goes, why? Why have they been given that maqam? Because... If you kill a scholar, you are causing mischief on earth. Mm. And where is the proof that they have this maqam? The Quran. Mm. Allah Ta'ala mentions those who do not believe, the unbelievers. They kill the prophets without right. Then what does he say? And kill those who order justice amongst mankind. They've been put together with the prophets. So if you kill a prophet, you ask a person, what's the state of the one who kills a prophet? He goes, Astaghfirullah, he's probably kafir. He goes, what's the state of the one who kills a scholar? And the person then goes, oh, that's bad. Because why is your tone changed? And he goes, well, one's a prophet, one's a scholar. He goes, you don't need the Quran, dear. That's how serious it is to kill a scholar. So now, Wava mentioned that. Who did Hajjaj kill? Right? Not only scholars, he killed the companions of the Prophet. So, this is how great that crime is in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, when our beloved messenger was asked, which people will receive the most grievous punishment on the day of judgment? They will receive the worst. Who is it, Ya Rasulullah? He replied, <coughs> The person who killed the Prophet or killed someone who enjoined the good and forbade the evil. The Prophet then recited this verse. Surah 3 verse 21. This is in Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir, Ruh al-Ma'ani and many other books of Tafsir. So the Prophet himself gave a commentary of this verse. Because these will receive the most serious punishment on the day of judgment, the one who kills the Prophet. And 
the one who killed somebody who enjoined the good and forbid the evil. Why? Because the Quran is telling you, this is how serious the matter is. Indeed, Hajjaj ibn Yusuf, the tyrant, was responsible for the martyrdoms of such eminent personalities, such as Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Zubair, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar, Sa'id ibn Jubair, and countless others from the glorious Salaf, radiyallahu ta'ala And this is leaving aside his torturing, Jabir ibn Abdullah, Anas ibn Malik, Sahal ibn Sa'ad, again amongst countless others, radiyallahu ta'ala the Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar bin Abdul Aziz, had thus most informatively said about the wretch. I do not envy anything belonging to Hajjaj, the enemy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, apart from his love for the Quran, the way he would give to his family, and his statement when death approached him, O oh Allah, forgive me, for verily the people claim that you will not. This is in Ibn Asakir in his Tariqh Dimishq 12-194 Al-Bidayah in the chapter on the biography of Hajjaj. So Umar bin Abdul Aziz, the great uh, Khalif of the Umayyads, he said, I've got nothing but contempt for him. <laughs> but there's three things I do envy from him. Now what's interesting, one of them is his love for the Quran. <laughs> A person goes, did he love the Quran? <laughs> he goes, he killed the, you know, the ones who knew the Quran. He loved the Quran. <laughs> And if you look at his service to the Quran, what did he do? He was the one, he got Hassan al-Basri, one report mentions. He goes, make the Quran easy for the people. So Hassan al-Basri goes, what do you want to do? He goes, put stopping points. And the origins of the Jews, we call them Supara, was from Hajjaj. So when you say first Supara, second Supara, first, it was Hajjaj who put those markers there. And the other markers where he put as well, the quarter of the Jews, the half, the three quarters. He also said to Hassan al-Basri, rahmatullahi, he goes, find me the exact center of the Qur'an. And Hassan al-Basri, he looked at the glorious book, he goes, it's in Surah Al-Kahf. It's Waliyat al-Lattaf. And if you read the Qur'an, some of the uh, Qur'ans have that in big letters. You'll actually read, why is these letters in you know big, bold? Because that's the center of the Qur'an, Surah Al-Kahf. So Hajjaj, he had a great love and he used to recite the Qur'an, he was a Qadi. In a beautiful voice. If a person didn't know who was reciting, they'd be moved to tears. But then they found out it's Hajjaj. So Umar bin Abdul Aziz, he goes, I envy that. I envy his generosity to his family. Because he was very, very kind to his own family. And also that statement. So think about it. What was he telling us? He was telling us, he goes, you're not Hajjaj. But why don't you make this statement when you're dying? Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, forgive me. For verily the people claim you will not. And he goes, I envy that statement because he was very wise to make that statement before he died. In conclusion, such was Hajjaj's tyranny that Umar bin Abdul Aziz said of him, if all the nations gather their oppressors and we only present Hajjaj, then the pan of our scale will be heavier. In Ibn al-Atir, it is Al-Kamil, volume 4, page 233. So imagine, He's basically, Umar bin Abdul Aziz is saying, bring your tyrants. <laughs> so imagine any from history, bring them all, bring them all, bring them all. He goes, you put Hajjaj in us, one side, he, he goes, he outweighs you all. <laughs> he goes, he was something else. He goes, and he had, he had no love for him, obviously. And he was a classic example of a Nasi, the one who hated the family of the Prophet.
Just like Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad, another prophet of the Umayyad. So what I mentioned today was basically the final moments of the gallant Sa'id ibn Jubair, rahmatullahi. And note, he got the better of Hajjaj not only with the martyrdom, but with his speech. He was very calm upon his death. Why? Because the Prophet said, mishkat, death is the gift for the believer. Mm-hmm. So he was yearning to die. He goes, I'm, he goes, I've done everything for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then I mentioned his taking vengeance on Hajjaj before he died a few weeks later. And then I mentioned a little bit about the tyrant and how great a climate is to kill a scholar. Allah has likened them to killing a prophet, you know, showing their status. Are there any questions, Shilata? Subhanallah <laughs>